Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophia Alexandra. And it is just me today, Privates. Wah, wah. <laughs> no, we're going to have fun because while Sophia was traipsing from LA to Portugal to Morocco, your girl Cox was back at home interviewing some of our favorite local sex workers and some new people who you're going to hear from next week. So this is basically the Los Angeles Sex Work State of the Union for the end of 2021 going into 2022. And, you know, it's just, it's been a hard couple years for everyone, but especially for sex workers. It's been two years of a pandemic. Plus there are other challenges like AB5, which is a California law about freelancing, And, of course, we did an episode a couple months ago about OnlyFans trying to kind of force sex workers off their platform due to some new policies. So today, we are going to check in with Onyx Black and A.M. Davies. You've heard from them before in uh, an episode called Raising Hell. And you're also going to hear from Adrienne Earhart, who is a good friend of ours. And she did a Comedians of OnlyFans episode with us. So these are three different perspectives of many, but I think they kind of illustrate some of the overarching challenges, opportunities, how the community is holding up, and they also give us predictions for 2022. So let's get into it. Here we go. My name is Onyx Black, and I've been doing some form of sex work maybe for about the last seven years. I'm a stripper mostly, but I do do some cam work, and I've done a little light escorting work. That's pretty much my extent. Did you get into OnlyFans during the pandemic or not really? (laughs) No. That was more of a trendy thing with a lot of pole fitness people um, and other people as well. I had already had an OnlyFans before that. And it's just a place where some of my clients, they feel like jacking off or whatever. They can just go. But I don't really <laughs> I don't really do OnlyFans very crazy like everybody else. I have other avenues of work. But yeah, I'm not a big OnlyFans person. Or and I didn't start during the pandemic either. Mm-hmm. So like when the pandemic happened, what was the impact on the business that you had been doing and how did you pivot? That's a good question. Okay, so here in Southern California, California period, we've already had a huge problem um, with strippers and employment due to AB5 and the gig economy and all those sort of things. So like a lot of us were already not really dancing in the strip clubs because they wanted to pick the best of the best in their eyes, which is never the most marginalized. That rhymes. (laughs) 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 I'm not really trying to rhyme. Um, (laughs) I promise. Um, Oppression, but um, but make it cute. (laughs) I know, right? A one-two, a one-two. Yeah, what a weirdo. Anyway, so... So with that, like, you know, a lot of us just kind of kept doing what we were already doing. Um, You know, I will speak a little bit about, you know, just some of the other marginalized people, you know, like my transgender sisters, they already were doing full service sex work Mm -hmm. before the pandemic because of um, AB5 of them getting kicked out of the clubs. Me personally, I was working at like a really shitty dive bar because of being kicked out of my former club. And um, we were doing a weird virtual thing during the pandemic, but that didn't happen like so often. So, you know, a lot of us, like we just got smart. I um, did my own virtual show. I got Mm -hmm. my ideas from the other two first virtual shows, strip shows, which were Naomi Drone and Dirty Day Shift. 
So I started running my own virtual show like once a month. I danced in other people's virtual shows. That's when I actually started doing um, escort work. You know, there's a lot of lonely dudes that literally just want you to pretend like, you know, you're a girlfriend on a date. Like, mm-hmm. just eat. Like, I don't know. It's a little, you know, it's grueling, but I'm not sucking dick yet. Uh, I should say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, those are all my like sex work avenues that I did. So the virtual shows actually saved me drastically. Um, it helped a lot. But I also did, you know, I'm a pole teacher. So I was doing a lot of virtual pole teaching, which is not sex work at all. <laughs> yeah. But I did do camming too. My camming work started during the pandemic as well. I'm meeting clients online, either dancing or jacking off or whatever the hell we'll do. You know what I'm saying? So I can be blunt, right? I forgot about that. I have a really. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love you. However you want. Um, <laughs> so camming wise, are there platforms that you don't have to say if you, it doesn't make you comfortable, but is there any platforms you like? I actually had somebody shop me recently that I need to check out, but I don't remember the name of the platform. And she was a former camera that's been doing it for years. So I definitely want to check it out. But literally what I did and a lot of sex workers still do, and I give some people the keys to the kingdom is dating apps. You go on dating apps and there's a lot of lonely people and a lot of them not to be like that, but a lot of those cis head men are toxic as fuck. So they don't really want a real relationship. They want somebody that's going to act like something that they believe. Well, if you want somebody that's going to act like what the fuck you think they should act like, that's a sex worker. That's Mm -hmm. not a real woman. Right. Mm -hmm. In that regard. So that kind of came up. I met some clients through there. A lot of my stripper clients were like, I still want to see you. So I kind of just kind of just was independent with it. And it just kind of fell into my lap. I did try to sit on a couple sites, but it's just like hours and hours and tap dancing. And, you know, it's like the same as when you start uh, stripping, you know, not everybody starts making bank ass money. Some people have to learn how to make the money. So sitting there hours and hours going up to many people just da, 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 da. So it wasn't for me that way. Kind of, I had to kind of do it a different way. It worked for me better that way. And you already had, you like, because of stripping and stuff, you already had an established clientele that you could kind of tap into. Yeah, um, that, but the thing about it is I always tell people that I don't have tons of clients. I just have very, very good clients. Mm. They always say it only takes one. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I have a couple of clients that will always show up. I had some that even would show up to the weirdo strip club. You know, every time I worked, uh, I have some that, you know, gift me for doing virtual work. So yeah, but then in, in that respect, you're always looking for what? New clients, you know yeah. what I mean? And establishing that is something that when I first started stripping, I knew I was clueless about. And I also worked at a more like um, adult entertainment center, not necessarily a strip club. So the hustle aspect was not really, you got paid for dancing on stage and being mm. sexy, not for hustling clients, getting them to get lap dance, starting to have rapport, all that stuff. I mean, that was like a minimal thing. So after I got out of that place or was pushed out, I should say, because of AB5, I went to hustling clubs and then actually learned how to actually talk to people and make a connection. Cause that's literally what it's about with clients. It's all about the connection. And a lot of people, it's not even, oh yeah, of course some of it's sexual, but they just want somebody to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Literally just listen to them. So we've done a couple episodes about AB5, and I remember, yeah, I think I met you during a Raising Hell event that you guys did, but just for our listeners that might not know, so when you talk about you got kicked out because of AB5, basically in the transition from independent contractor to employee, these clubs started restricting, you know, they restricted the number of dancers that they had. And can you explain a little bit about that for someone who might not know? I will love to. And I'll just mention, first of all, I run an organization called Artists for the Revolution, and we are working to either have a choice in AB5 or to eradicate it altogether. So I'm not pro AB5. I'll just put that out there first and foremost. Um, But what happened with AB5 um, and a lot of different gig time economy people are suffering. It's not just strippers. But, you know, with the different um, strip clubs, you know, everybody wants to act like all the strip clubs are multi chains and super millionaires and got all their money. That's not necessarily motherfucking true. There's small mom and pa strip clubs, too. So a lot of these strip clubs, either because they can't afford it or don't want to afford it, don't want to play all the employee tax. The more employees you have, the more money it costs with workman's comp and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And there are some benefits of being an employee, we know, but there are also some of being an independent contractor. So these clubs, all of them, because they can only afford or only either can afford or only want to afford because it's either way, right? 
had to limit their employee staff. So a lot of places got cut by half. So you can literally say that due to AB5 and because of the strip clubs, either one can't afford it or not wanting to afford it, California lost 50% of their strippers in 2019, starting in 2019. And most of the strippers that they kicked out were the disabled, large body, black, transgender, so the most marginalized. And I actually ended up doing a stroll where, where we give condoms and a little bit of mutual aid to different um, full service sex workers who are on the stroll. You know, you go to any club in Southern California or any California period, you already didn't see dark skinned dancers. But now if you do see one, she is a more mixed or a lighter complected dancer. And all the dark skinned, beautiful women are all on the stroll out here on Figueroa and 111th. So it just brings to light what is really going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, due to these things, the clubs have gotten more restrictive and they want who they feel is the best of the best. But what's biting them in the ass is because more clubs are actually not as busy now. Mm-hmm. And the clubs that are still deciding, because there are some that are under, still not doing AB5 because they can't afford it. They don't give a fuck. But for some reason, all those are still diverse. And those clubs are the most crowded. If you notice you go anywhere, yes, some got a little busy because of after quarantine, everybody's excited. But once that shit calmed down, you look at all these clubs that don't have the diversity. They are slow as Methuselah. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. But anyway, (laughs) they're super motherfucking slow. That's what that means. They're super. Methuselah is a a thing that's a really old ass lady that people used to talk about. I don't know who she is, but she's super old. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, just super, super slow. And the fact that they're not diverse is actually biting them in the ass, but they don't know because due to this oppressive society that we live in, they think white is right and to make money that way. And that's their mindset because they don't understand that. Like even in the Bible Belt or even in the South where you think it's super racist, their clubs are still diverse because even races like different ethnicities. I mean, if if that wasn't such thing, there wouldn't have been multiculturalism during slavery. I mean, come on. Yeah. So I feel like AB5 was pitched as this like great thing and it's going to bring all these protections. And I even felt it, you know, in some of my like, straight work is just, it didn't really pan out in the way that people thought it was going to. And it wound up screwing over people in a lot of different contracts and not just in sex work, but I've definitely seen it, especially in stripping. And lighting and lighting and the whole Hollywood gig economy. I mean, there's people who were contracted to work a 10 hour day making $600 being in production, right? Right. But now since AB5, they have to be employees, but now they're only paying them $30 an hour for that 10-hour yeah. shift. It doesn't add up. The math doesn't add up. So people can say what they want to say, but that's why our group is fighting for a choice because at least the people who are benefiting from it, which are the most privileged, but so they can still get theirs because workman's comp is a thing, but they also have to understand that there's a large contingency of people who they don't understand that the most marginalized in the working class, the way that we were ballers or the way that we could actually financially support ourselves and families was through independent contractorship here in California, period, Mm -hmm. from the plumbers to the whoever. So uh, another aspect of the pandemic, when clubs started to reopen, did you feel unsafe basically about going back to work? No, I didn't feel unsafe. But, but since the pandemic, I mean, not to keep bringing up AB5 fucking again, but a lot of other clubs just <laughs> did switch over because they had to during the pandemic. Right. So then my home club, I couldn't go back to again. So a lot of strippers, not just from AB5, but just period, their home clubs did not invite them back. So a lot of people had to read because, you know, what the law is after three months, you're not an employee anyway. you got to reapply. So a lot of people had to reapply to different clubs. Oh, yeah. They didn't get back into their home club. So that was definitely something that a lot of us felt because, again, they're not letting in the most marginalized usually. But what's high in size 2020? Um, because the club that I got into ugh, I fucking love. It's so like, good. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one for yeah. me. For me anyway. So. We've been through a lot the last couple of years. Now we're heading into 2022. So where do you think things are at, first of all, right now? And then what are your predictions for the near future? Woo, predictions. For LA, (laughs) sex work in LA specifically. Of course, I just got a a joke about Madam Cleo. Call me now. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) My predictions. No, okay. Unfortunately... I think a lot of like a lot of the clubs that the less diverse they're getting, they're going to end up shutting fucking down because we're in 2022. And, you know, even in Hollywood, inclusiveness is more of a thing. You know, larger bodies are showing up, darker bodies, the kinky hair is showing up. It's showing up. And if these 
particular clubs don't realize that they need everybody, large bodies, you know, dark bodies, everybody, every sprinkle, because people who come to these clubs are fucking perverts and perverts like everything. Who wants to see the same looking girl over and over? Nobody wants to fuck the same person for 16 years over and over and over. They want something fucking new. Care who you are. So my prediction is some clubs may close down. I also think that there's going to be way, way, way more pop-up strip shows because the inclusiveness is there, not at the clubs. Like stripper-run pop-up shows? Yeah, like mine, the Onyx 420 show and the Jolene show and Thick Strip. Um, all stripper-run inclusive shows that support large bodies, Black women and um, transgender people, um, LGBTQIA. And these shows are, are very successful. And I think that they're going to continue to be because that's where the inclusiveness is. And I think that a lot of these clubs, unfortunately, they're not going to figure it out because subconsciously they're having to deal with what, however old they are, ingrained, internalized isms. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them, I think, will catch on eventually. And they're going to be the ones that actually usher in the new age because money talks. And when people realize, oh, shit, we do want this dark skinned woman. Oh, look at the, the large body. We do want them. We want the transgender because it makes money. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, being all PC and all that, it makes motherfucking money. So, yeah. I mean, even on Instagram, you can see there'll be a plus size girl and she'll have like 200,000 followers. And it's like, yeah, people think she's hot, you know? And they want to see it. Yeah. And they want to see it. So that's my prediction about LA is that we're going to see some trip clubs, unfortunately, probably closing down. And inclusive shows are going to be good. But I think that the ones that remain, I mean, they're going to have to figure it out if they want to make money. So are you feeling like, how are you feeling positive, negative about like the community around sex work in LA. And then also, (laughs) wait, hang on, (laughs) hold the laughter. (laughs) And then also just like, I mean, you you know, when you're talking about the pop-up shows, there's like an ownership to that. Is that a new trend? Uh, Ownership meaning? Like, you know, if you put on the show, like you get the back end or like you split it yourself. There's nobody's taking a cut. You're not tipping a. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, with AB5, a lot of these strip clubs have added extra fees because they don't want to pay the fees that the that the government is saying that they have to because of employees. So they're pushing them onto these people. At the strip shows, they don't do that. Like, if anything, I might have somebody tip out the pole wiping girl, but they would do that anyway. You know, it's just mm-hmm. no worries. And my strip show is literally ran like a nonprofit. We give everything back. I just keep my tips that people tip me personally. Um, and then the rest of it goes to the administrative costs. So everything gets turned around. Do you see that as like a positive trend? It's a positive trend for me because I like to give back and I, I'm a firm believer that as long as you're giving back and there's flow in the universe, you'll be taken care of. So I don't have to, you know, I don't have to worry about it. It will always come back and it always does. But definitely with that, yes, it's there also may start to be stripper owned clubs. There may be a couple that actually pop up and maybe even um, what are they called? Cooperatives, maybe. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely going to be something. It has to be because a lot of us have kind of just been on our own, have done stuff on our own. And so definitely there has to be something with that. And what was the other question? Oh, Oh, do I feel hot? Well, (laughs) the community has split literally in two because of as of like June 2020, when the whole Black Lives Matters thing started. Well, it's been going on for me. I've been working on Black liberation ever since I was 19, a thousand fucking years. Even in LA, there was a group called Black Writers before the Black Lives Matters who used to cop watch and actually defend against the cops. And of course they got all life sentences because they actually used to fight the cops. But I used to help to shuffle money to them and resources to them and stuff like that. So I've been heavily in it. But since June, you know, there's been a big push. And unfortunately, some people who don't look like me at all want to be the person in the forefront. And when you speak out against this and I'll mention it, I don't care. And, you know, with the community here, Strippers United or Soldiers of Pole, they are actually a big entity that has, I guess, done some good, but in the same sense, they've done a lot of damage. They were the huge lobbyers for AB5. Mm-hmm. They don't want to admit their fault in that shit, which is one. Two, anybody who's against them, they will heavily bully and try to deplatform them and squish them and be invisible. So with this new stuff, this is what's happened. I've actually been deplatformed. I'm not saying they did it, but I was deplatformed like a, four or five days ago. 
um, because of my mouth. One of my huge volunteers for Artists for the Revolution, Tesla, had to get a restraining order against them because of her speaking out against AB5. She had to move to um, Oregon because they no longer allow women like her to work in the clubs out here. Um, so she does work in Oregon. But, but she was heavily bullied by them as well and didn't have a voice in sex work until I came along and helped her because she was she felt scared. You know, a lot of people get scared when they're bullied. I'm just a person that don't give a fuck. You, I mean, you ain't mm -hmm. gonna drag me out of my house and beat my ass. So none of this cyberbullying means nothing to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm, whatever, you're not gonna do anything really. But some people are heavily affected by it. So the whole sex worker community has split in half in LA. You're either on the social poll side or our side. That's pretty much what has happened. And then some people are trying to be neutral. I didn't realize there was that whole divisiveness. It's bad. It's really bad, actually. It's a huge divisive thing. And, and it's to the point of, you know, they at first were, you know, a white led, more white leaning group. And then they got a lot of POCs to represent. But the POCs are showing up just like the white led people. And they're throwing it out there. See, look at us. We're the ones that are doing right. We don't do like they used to do, but you're doing the same as what they used to do. That's why y'all tried to bully me. Because I wanted to speak, I decided to speak out against AB5 and said that I wanted to have a choice, not even stepping on their toes, a choice. And they did not like that. And they tried to heavily bully me. We even had one girl lie and say I was doxing her and literally tried to extenuate me and another sex worker that I work heavily with to a point that we might have even had legal ramifications. When I tell you this is bad, it's bad. That's why I started laughing. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yes. so drama community is not great right now. There may be some exciting things in that there might be some stripper ownership opportunities. Community is awesome. It's just two entities in the communities: people who love AB five and want to just and want to literally smash the voice of marginalized people, and there's people who give a fuck about AB five, want it done, and marginalized people have a voice. So they're both doing work. It's just there's been a split. Right. So what's your prediction on AB five? Um, I think there's so many people who don't like it. Eventually, if the rich get pissed enough enough about it because they're losing money, it's gonna, I think it's gonna get squashed. Because I've even talked to like bipartisan Republicans who was pissed off. There's so many people on so many different mm -hmm. this is not just a liberal issue, it's a definitely a bipartisan issue. Listen, privates, I get it. Going into a sex shop can be overwhelming. You can spend hours browsing the shelves only to come home and realize you still forgot a necessary ingredient for your romantic night. Well, we have a solution for you because Like a Kitten will ship you a box with all your erotic essentials from vibrators and massage oils to robes and handcuffs. It's your one-stop shop for a perfect evening. And this month, they're helping you choose your own adventure with their BYOB box, aka Build Your Own Box. This is my favorite because you get to choose one item out of each of their six categories. Toys, beauty products, lube and cleansers, games, sexy accessories, ooh, and lingerie. And within each category, you have eight or more products that you can choose from. So you can build an experience that's customized to your specific desires. I mean, I just got a BYOB box and it included a robe. I picked a toy cleanser that I'd been desperately needing because you know your girl's wearing her toys out. <laughs> and I got the Pleasure Hunter trio that included this butt plug that I have been dying to try. And what's amazing is the box only costs $69. <laughs> and some of the vibrators alone retail for more than $69. So the entire box of six gifts is a steal. And what's extra cool is that a portion of all sales goes to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health. So you can feel good about feeling good. Right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com private or enter code PRIVATE at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com slash private or use code PRIVATE to get 20% off these incredible boxes. likeakitten.com slash private. The link is in the episode's description. Hi, I'm A.M. Davies, and I am an activist and advocate for strippers and sex workers all around the world. So I started stripping in 2002. I had just turned 21. 
And I had always wanted to be a stripper since I was like a teenager. And I did that for about 18 years, mostly in Los Angeles. I also stripped in Las Vegas, West Palm Beach. And I had the opportunity to go on sort of like a mini tour in the U.S. as Spearmint Rhino Entertainer of the Year for 2006. So, and then um, since my accident, I have been doing a lot more activism and advocacy work for strippers and sex workers. And I've seen you've done some online shows and stuff like that during the pandemic. Yes, I did some online shows during the pandemic shortly after it hit. But I, I had to kind of wait because I had had my surgery in May of 2020. So I had to wait about, I think I waited a month before I started dancing with mm-hmm. my amputation online. And I did that for probably about nine months. So just for, I mean, I've been following your whole journey, but for people that aren't aware and as much as you're comfortable with sharing, mm-hmm. if you could explain a little bit about the surgery and mm-hmm. the accident and what happened. Yeah. So in December of 2018, I was hit by a car while I was driving my motor scooter through the streets of Los Angeles. And half of my left foot was crushed and amputated on impact. That was all five toes and the ball of my foot. So I proceeded to live on a half foot for about a year and a half. And then during the pandemic, that tissue started breaking down and um, my doctors wanted to do another surgery, but they wanted to do like a muscle graft. Basically, they wanted to take muscle off of my leg and like piece it together at the end of my foot because Mm -hmm. my foot was running out of flesh and the bones were starting to push through. And so I decided that because that wasn't like a hundred percent, that was like a 50, 50 chance that that would work. I was like, I don't want another surgery. Like I don't want to go through this surgery and then get another surgery. And so I opted, I had to take two weeks and think about what surgery I wanted. And I ultimately decided to have the rest of my foot and part of my shin bone removed. So when you were dancing prior to the surgery, what was the impact there? And were you able to get any disability or anything like that? No, I do not qualify for disability because I have been improperly classified as a worker for my entire dancing career. So when you're an independent contractor, which is how we've been classified by the club owners for decades now, you have to individually sign up for disability insurance in order to have those benefits if you end up needing it. And the same goes for unemployment. Like you have to actively engage in those programs as an individual in order to have access to those benefits later if needed. So you would have had to have the foresight before your accident to sign up for the program. Absolutely. And that's something that is not a common conversation that workers have with each other. You know, I just assumed because I paid my taxes that I would have access to at least disability. Um, And so I've received zero help from the state or the government or anything from my 18 year career. The only thing that I've been able to get is like, you know, Medicaid, Medi-Cal for a while, now Medicaid, I'm in a different state. So I have like government benefited insurance. That's the only, that's the only benefit I've received. Ah, did you move away from LA? I did. I moved to Pennsylvania. Whoa, that's a lot. That sucks. Mm -hmm. I can't believe Mm -hmm. you didn't get any assistance. Yeah. It's so interesting because, you know, there'll be situations like this that highlight for AB5 or, you know, in some cases, if people are getting cut from the club, then they're against, you know, so it's interesting to hear the nuances of it. Okay, so pandemic, I mean, you you kind of had a unique situation, but I guess for yourself and then for the community at large, what was kind of the impact on sex workers during the pandemic? And what did you feel from that? Well, from the pandemic, I felt a huge sense of responsibility to step up for sex workers and strippers because our organization, Strippers United, we know firsthand that you know, getting unemployment was going to be very difficult because of the way workers are classified. And even getting a stimulus check was going to be difficult because a lot of strippers don't file their taxes. So we had to kick it up into like fifth gear and put together resources and materials and trainings for strippers to be able to get access to the things that everybody else had access to. And because they've been 
misproperly classified, they should have been able to get unemployment very easily like everyone else did. $600 a week, I think that's great money for not working. Right. Um, and, you know, very few strippers, A, even took advantage of it because most of them assumed that they wouldn't qualify. A lot of them were told that they would get in trouble. You know, there was um, intimidation that was happening from bosses about filing. And then some people that did file did actually get unemployment because federally strippers are recognized as employees. They have been since the beginning of time. They've always have been. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah. If you read the definitions of what classifies a worker as an independent contractor or employee across the board, strippers are qualified as employees. And that is why they always win the settlement lawsuits that they put out. 99% of them are won and settled out of court because they know they're wrong, the owners. Oh, I didn't realize that federally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the NLRB actually made an announcement in 2020 stating that, that, hey, just FYI, you guys are employees, so do something about it. Okay, so there was things like people putting on shows to fill in the gaps, and Mm -hmm. did you notice any other trends like that? Yeah, absolutely. There were a ton of shows online, you know, everyone trying to just scrap together money and like purpose. (laughs) And so there were several shows that popped up all around the world and they were very eclectic and interesting. And then there were some trends that repeated themselves from sort of racist hiring practices, sort of duplicated themselves online for a bit. So that was a bit of a challenge. There was a lot of conversation happening in our community about that and ways to Um, improve and do better. But overall, I would say that it was a very good thing for a lot of people. It helped people pay their bills and get rent money. And a lot of these shows raise money for other groups of people and charitable foundations, things like that. Yeah, I saw a lot of mutual aid going on. Yeah. And one of the things that, I mean, these shows were typically stripper operated. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like a normal club, you would be tipping out everybody in you know, and, and you right. may, might have had to do that a little bit in these shows, but there was way more of the money going back to the dancers. Definitely. Yeah, there's really no tip out. And every show operated differently. Some operated as a co-op, some operated as a nonprofit. You know, some of them you kind of had to pay a due. And that was just for operating costs, you know, because they had to pay for Zoom and all kinds of stuff. Eventbrite and, mm-hmm. you know time. I mean, the people running the show, it, it takes an extreme amount of time to organize those shows every every week, every two weeks. So now we're like, maybe at the end of the pandemic, who knows? <laughs> but exactly. we're in a slightly different place. We're heading yeah. into 2022. Have these shows revealed themselves as opportunities for the community? Anything else that you noticed, like if a lot of your colleagues went to OnlyFans or something like that? And then what are the challenges of this time period Yeah, so there were a lot of dancers that moved over to OnlyFans. Quite frankly, a lot of civilians moved over to Mm -hmm. OnlyFans too, and a lot of celebrities. So the celebrities and civilians sort of infiltrating OnlyFans caused complete chaos for sex workers. Mm -hmm. And it led to the banishment of sex workers, which OnlyFans quickly, you know, retracted. But what it did do is it it just saturated the market. And then especially with the celebrities, it made it a lot harder for sex workers who built that platform to continue to make the money that they used to make, especially with people like Bella Thorne exploiting and taking advantage of the system. As far as the shows, I think what the shows have done is it was able to reach more people. You know, a lot of people don't go to the strip club because they have preconceived notions of what they're going to experience. And by doing the virtual shows, I think more people were either inclined to check it out because they were just bored as hell, or they were with a friend or with a family member who's like, I'm watching my friend on this show. And so I think it just, it really was a way to like enter other people's homes and and minds and kind of create conversations around like how resourceful and resilient strippers and sex workers are. And I think that's helpful in the movement of raising awareness about sex workers and sex work and and how to maintain safety around the type of work that we do. Because a lot of times on those shows, we're talking about these issues as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think it was really important to get those messages out to people. Do you think that 
on the destigmatization front, like those shows and maybe even OnlyFans or whatever had an impact in that way? I'd like to believe that. I do think that we are moving forward in conversations around sex work. I feel like sex workers and sex work has trended, has been trending for the last year. A lot of people seem to want to talk about us, but there's definitely still is a really long way to go. So I do think it's been helpful. But one of the ways it's been harmful is that the more cool we seem, the more our aesthetic is co-opted. And the less that does for us, actually, um, co-oping our aesthetic and not paying the creators of that aesthetic, it really just continues to push us into the fray. And it makes it harder for us to get the attention that we deserve and need. Like sex workers need to get paid to speak, to write, to teach and to perform. Um, and that's not really happening. We continuously get students from colleges and all kinds of media wanting to interview us and have us tell their our story because we're headlines. We make really good headlines or we make a really good movie <laughs> and yeah. uh, and we're not getting paid in the process. And meanwhile, uh, you know, there's plenty of sex workers out there struggling to survive, specifically our most marginalized. And um, we continue, people continue to co-op our aesthetic and um, it just makes that harder for us. Yeah. So what advice would you give to, I mean, I am always wanting to have these conversations. I've dabbled myself and mm -hmm. I am very interested in how we can be better at promoting sex workers, mm -hmm. having these conversations, like making sure that there's ownership in, you know, everything like that. So what yeah. advice would you give to allies out there? I would say to follow sex workers and then do the things that we ask, like sign this petition, donate mm -hmm. to this person who needs a roof over their head, buy a ticket to this event and tip us, share this with your friends. If you see or hear a comment that is derogatory, hurtful, and hateful towards sex workers, then say something, speak mm -hmm. up. And, you know, the, the dead hooker in the trunk joke has to stop. You know, things like that have to stop because that is a person and you're talking about a dead person in a trunk like it's an old rug Yeah, that, you know, and so th things like that, like when you hear things like that, people need to speak up more because when it comes out of our mouths, we're just a bunch of whores. So our opinion doesn't matter. So that's why friends need to start talking to friends and, um, and then literally just follow sex workers and do what they say. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so going into the new year, what are mm -hmm. your predictions for the space? We've talked about some of the challenges, some of the new things that have popped up. Where do you see everything heading? And especially like, you know, LA vibes. How do you feel Absolutely. about the state of the community right now? Um, I feel really good about the state of the community. We had a really rocky time together in 2020, specifically around the summertime. And it took several months for us to iron these things out. But what's happened is there's a group of us that have become more united and stronger and we're creating co-ops. We're actually in the process right now, we're in a fundraiser process right now for a co-working space called Artistplex that will be in Los Angeles. And it's a way for strippers and sex workers to have a place to create art, to have events, to have meetings, to have seminars so that we can learn and work and grow together and own this space together. So 2022 is going to be really great because strippers, we've already been working a lot behind the scenes to like own our own shit and run it for us, by us. So um, more strippers are interested in trying to figure out how to own their own club. The government and the current owners make things like that very difficult for us. It will take time, but I definitely, I mean, we've already had co-ops online together. So it's only a matter of time before we figure out how to do that in a brick and mortar. And there's heavy conversations around that type of thing. And we've seen a co-op strip club before, the Lusty Lady up in San Francisco. And so we have an example to follow. So it's definitely very possible. Between kissing your relatives on the cheek and eating candy and cookies and making out with people under the mistletoe and maybe more, your mouth gives a lot this time of year. So give it the gift of better oral care with your Quip. I have to say, Privates, I just went to Palm Springs and I took my Quip and I fell in love with this toothbrush. 
I agree, Courtney. I also had an incredible experience with Quip. I just took it on an international trip and I was gone for two weeks and it was so nice not to have to worry about plugging in my old electric toothbrush because I'm always like, I mean, I fried my hair iron while I was there, even though I was using the converter. That (laughs) stuff just happens. It's just nice to have a quip and it didn't die once. I used it twice a day for 14 days. So if you need an actual endorsement from an actual person, I loved it. Yeah, no, this is two endorsements because here's the deal. It's great for travel and it's just great for regular at home and it makes your teeth feel super clean. And we're not the only ones that love the Quip. The Quip electric toothbrush is loved by over 7 million mouths. Sophia, why does everybody love Quip? Well, first of all, it has timed sonic vibrations with 30 second pulses to guide a dentist recommended two minute clean. Also, it's lightweight and sleek with no wires or bulky charger to weigh you down. And not to mention that it also isn't loud like your electric toothbrush. When we go on vacation on Lake Courtney, are you landing a plane? (laughs) (laughs) My toothbrush, my old toothbrush? Yes. Okay, well now I have a new quip. And this is another thing I love about it. It has this multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror mount for less clutter. You know, I I hate clutter. Reusable handles. And even more good news, Quip is running their best deals of the year, which means you won't be paying through the teeth when you gift better oral health this year. And right now, privates, if you go to getquip.com slash private, on top of their holiday savings, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free and up to 40% off bundles at getquip.com slash private. Spell G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash private. Quip, the good habits company. My name is Adrienne Earhart. I've been doing OnlyFans as my form of quote unquote sex work for, I don't know what month it is, but since March of 2020. Like a year and a half. Yes. Yes. And it's, uh, I'm informed by my subscribers that I'm not triple X. I am only double X as far as scandalousness of my posts. (laughs) I also have a pretty mild OnlyFans. And you've been very successful, right? You made like a pretty good bag for yourself on OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. I paid off all my medical debt and then I took a huge trip to Europe. Hey, amazing. So the next part is about how the pandemic has impacted business, but it's basically been your entire business, right, during the pandemic? I would say that it impacted it in so much as it encouraged it to be a thing. I never would have thought about doing it until the pandemic happened. Any regrets? Um, any regrets? I regret that I didn't go harder in the beginning before Bella Thorne like ruined it for everybody because I could have made, I could have just stacked so many chips, but I was so nervous and apprehensive and I'm such a vanilla person. I was putting like sticker emojis on my nipples. Now I'm like, whatever fits to the wind. But if I'd started harder up top, I would be way richer now. (laughs) And I saw you like, you don't have any plans to quit, right? Cause you're going to put yourself back to school with that money. Yeah, I was really considering quitting because it's such a like a weird thing to have in my mind that I need to go make naked content after like a long day of making content for work and traveling and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to quit. And then while I was in England, my mind exploded as it does when you travel. And I was like, I don't want to go to grad school. After I saw the Northern Lights, I was like, I got to hit all my bucket list items. I'm going to go to grad school <laughs> and I need money because I'm going to have to take out a loan. And I need living expenses and I can't work like a full-time job. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm literally like stripping my way through school. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. So then now heading into 2022, what's the current state of the union as far as your experience and then what you're seeing for other people in the space, whether they do stuff in person or OnlyFans or whatever? Well, I think fewer people are subscribing because those stimmy checks dried up and a lot of people 
are not going back to work until they're treated better. So I think we're all waiting on bosses, employers to pay better and give better benefits and et cetera. And that will trickle down to me, obviously, onto my face. I'm just will trickle onto my face. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, in-person stuff is back for other women. I'm about to get married. So despite the many, many offers of the men in my DMs to come shoot with me for free, um, I'm good on that. But that's dope that it's an option for a lot of women to have all this the free models for their content, you know, you don't get that a lot. And I'm hearing in the, in the little groups I'm in of OnlyFans people that they're starting to do more stripping and more, you know, sex work and stuff. And I'm happy to hear it, but the pervasive theme is that everybody has an attitude now. So it's people are more entitled. People are used to getting Uh. what they want and the market is flooded. So they have a lot of competition. Oh, you're not going to show me your asshole. There's 10 girls who will. Okay, go, go subscribe to them then. Uh huh. Did you feel like because there in August there was that little I'll call it a hiccup to be nice, but you know where OnlyFans was changing course, and then it seems like they've gone back on that completely. Do you feel any hesitation like surrounding the platform right now? I mean, yeah. They uh, messaged me. They emailed me that the model in my posts was unapproved and would have to be like tagged or whatever. And it's my fiance. So I was like, okay. So I sent them like the photos that they need of like the form and his ID and him with the ID. And they just kept going, picture's not clear enough, not clear enough. And then they deactivated a bunch of my posts, even though I just (laughs) had sent them everything. So I lost a bunch of posts. And then I just got some, some new policy stuff a couple of days ago that like, is I think specifically written vaguely so that I'd have to have a lawyer translate for me. Like what really does this mean? Uh So I'm nervous about the future of what we're allowed to show and like the promotions that they're doing, they're showing all these fitness models and stuff and people who like don't Mm -hmm. do sex work and they're trying to like move them that way. They're like, okay, if you, and I guess people, more people have caught on to what it is. So now if, if onlyfans.com shows up on someone, a guy's bill, he's going to get in trouble with his lady or vice versa. So I think that it's a little bit murky right now. And I definitely should be looking at either other apps or other forms of performance art. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so weird. So you still haven't gotten him approved. Finally, he did, but they wouldn't reactivate the post. So now I can have him in my stuff. And they were like, either he has to make his own profile and you have to tag him. And he was like, no, thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want your guys going there and like dogging on my dick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or I can just give like a model <laughs> agreement for him. So that's what we did. So he's my model. I love it. <laughs> um, so predictions. So you made a couple, but where do you think things are headed? I think OnlyFans telling the public a few months ago, what their intentions were, and then having to backpedal due to PR. I don't think intentions change that drastically. I think they are still going to try to manipulate everybody into less sex and less whatever. And I think this removing my posts and making me have a model agreement, and they're just going to start making it harder. It's just what everybody does when they want to put pressure on a business. So I think OnlyFans will move to performance, you know, fitness, it'll still still be a little sexy, but, you know, wives won't get mad that their husbands are are subscribed to it. And I think some other app is going to come shooting out of the woodworks where you can pay in crypto. Oh my God. Yeah. And put whatever you want on there. And I hope they still have the same filtering for sex trafficking and for child pornography that OnlyFans does. And I won't be a part of an app that doesn't have that kind of moral compass, but yeah, I see that coming. And I, there's been a few that were listed, but I haven't seen any marketed enough to me on the various porn sites that I visit that that feel enticing. But I feel like it's coming. And like OnlyFans just needs to squeeze us a little bit harder and we'll all jump ship. Totally, totally. Belessa, I think when they launch whatever they're planning on, that could be a potential thing. I signed up for a, a, like their wait list or whatever. Oh, you did? Cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Um, okay, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about or any other thoughts that you wanted to share? Uh, it's still working. So if anyone's interested in doing OnlyFans, they should do it now before it dries up and becomes Facebook.
Well, privates, I have some sad news for you. Adrian Earhart is no longer on OnlyFans. She actually just closed her account right before this episode dropped. So, so sorry for any interested parties. I'm sure we'll get the download on exactly what happened there in a future episode. But in the meantime, make sure you stay tuned because we've got a bunch of fun stuff coming up, including another episode in this series next week, part two. And we'll be back for Belize in January, which we're so excited about. And Soph and I are going to check in for some just solo apps because we love talking to you guys just kind of one-on-one. And in the meantime, make sure you're following us at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and at Private Parts Un on Twitter. We have an incredible newsletter. We've really kicked it into high gear. You just go to privatepartsunknown.substack.com slash welcome if you want the subscribe page. And there's a link in the bio, so you don't even have to think about it. And of course, we would like your ratings and reviews. Spotify just rolled out a feature where they allow you to give us five stars. So if you are listening to us in Spotify right now, you better go up to that upper left-hand corner, tap the star button, and give us those five stars. And if you're listening on another platform, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash private and rate and review us there. We love, love, love your ratings and reviews. We got a new review from Sledgehead01. Sledgehead is a longtime listener, and we got a new review from Sledgehead that said, favorite, y'all are so funny and wonderful and kind. Listen ASAP. So listen to Sledgehead. What was that music? Oh, it's from our good friend Amy Roush. You can find her on Spotify. Her last name is R-A-A-S-C-H. Also, thank you so much to Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio for your fantastic audio editing and mixing as usual. I love you, Mike. <laughs> All right. Happy holidays, y'all. I'll check you next week for part two. Hi, what's up, y'all? I'm Onyx Black, sex worker stripper. You can reach me on Onyx Black Happy or Onyx Black Virgo on IG. Hi, I'm A.M. Davies, and I am an activist and advocate for strippers and sex workers all around the world. You can follow me and my community members at The Queen of Sexy on Instagram. I'm Adrian Earhart. I am a comedian, a writer, and content creator on OnlyFans. My handle is Cradrian, C-R-A-Y-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details